When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Howdy, and welcome to another edition of Conversations. I'm Andrew Monaco. So glad that you could be with us and join us. And just today, it's just two guys with podcasts talking to one another. (laughs) Justin Dunning is with me today. Thank you so much for for joining me for this. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, man. This this actually started, I guess, when we talked last week. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think I held you way too long. Well, you know, for two podcasts, it's just casual conversation, man. We're sitting there talking, and you've been really awesome, man. It was it was good to finally meet you, too. And I've been Thank a you. big fan of the podcast. Thank I've you. I've been seeing my roommate OT on there, and I hear <laughs> old Dalen Mack on here telling stories. I like. I need me some of that, man. I got to get on that podcast. OT was, <laughs> Justin, that was more laughter on conversations <laughs> than anybody. And you talk, and, and Dalen becomes the butt of all the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Dalen is such a funny guy to make fun of, man. That's, that's my guy. It's a lot of love, though, mm-hmm. you know? A lot. All, that's all it is. And El Taro's just never serious, but he's, uh, he's, he's an awesome guy. Though. He really is. He really is. And that's that's what I am finding, my friend, uh, throughout this is people ask me, uh, you know, what's it like? And to give them the total picture, when, when you realize that the student athletes here are incredible people. Exactly. It's not – we can see what they do on the field but it's the people, and that's what makes that's what makes A and M so special, doesn't it? Absolutely. Is that one of the reasons why you chose here? 
Yeah, I mean, well, people nonetheless. Let me let me start like this. So my recruiting process, I was heavily recruited as a as a sophomore, and so going into my junior year, I actually tore my ACL. Mm. And so during that process, I don't know if I told you this the other day, but uh, during that process, some of the coaches stopped talking to me. And so now I'm in a situation where it's like, I don't know where my future's going to go. And I remember Kevin Sumlin, you know, speaking of people, he was the first guy to hit me up and he was first to, to basically reinstate everything he told me at the beginning. He was like, we think you're the same guy now as we thought you were before. Mm. And he said, we think we're gonna be, you're going to be a great player and come back and, you know, still be 100%. And we still want to offer you a scholarship. So that, you know, coupled in with the fact that I visited down here and the guys were just lovely. I got to meet other recruits and they were like, man, what more could you want from a program? Yeah. And, you know, you can tell when something is genuine and when something is not. And in the world of recruiting, that's tough to find, man, especially with how it is nowadays. Guys are getting, you know, guys will tell you anything to get you to their college. Mm -hmm. it's, it's this world of social media that's creating, you know, these many celebrities, which which I thought I was, but it's getting even worse. And, you know, back in my day, even that was only a couple of years ago, it was a little bit easier than it is nowadays. But the yeah. focus is completely different. Yeah, it's, it's changed, man. They'll They'll tell you anything. And you got to be able to decipher what's real and what's not. And that's something I found here at a and I felt like the people were genuine. And you can just feel the vibe. You know, I can tell you're a genuine person being around you. And you can you can just tell that from certain people. And being able to decipher that is a, is a skill I had to pick up during the process. And unfortunately, you had to learn that the fake people, the ones who did not contact you. So, so the thought would be, I would think in your mind, okay, if they're doing this now, what happens if I commit to you and something goes wrong? Are you going to abandon me? Right, exactly. So you can learn that early. Yeah, I had I had guys. So this was <laughs> this is actually funny too. So after I tore my ACL, some guys stopped recruiting me. Like I said, mm -hmm. some coaches stopped hitting me up. I'm not going to name drop anybody, right? But I remember whenever I committed to A&M. This was like two months later. The coaches now come back into the picture and they're like, "Oh, you know what happened? <laughs> Why'd you stop talking to us?" I'm like, "Coach, you didn't hit me up. What's supposed to deal?" And so, you know, they kind of tried to paint a different narrative around it because, you know, however, but it was just kind of a messed up situation. You have to kind of, you know, kind of learn it through the school of hard knocks, man. So that was tough, but yeah. So that was that was that your first ACL injury? That was my first. Yeah. How many did school. you go through? <laughs> You know, I kind of laugh telling the story now, but I actually went through four wow. ACL surgeries. Yeah, wow. it's it's crazy that it got to that point yeah. before I actually retired. Though. Yeah, it's, and 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 that's what that's what made you retire. If if, if Aggie Aggie fans should know, right. um, that's that's what it did. And that's one of the things I want to I want to get into is you had all this taken away from you. Yeah. I now knowing you the way I do, mm -hmm. the little bit that I know, you don't look at it as taken away. It's, right. it's another opportunity, but. For fans out there who say, oh, Justin was a football player. Now he's not a football How did you adjust to that? I mean, it was your decision. Right. And you had tried coming back, and you said I was going to give it everything. And, mm -hmm. and, and I went back, and I, and I read what, what you typed when you announced. And you said, I'm typing this with a smile. Yeah. It was your decision. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That was the one-year anniversary, what, the, the December 8th, man, just the other day. It's mm -hmm. crazy. It's feel like I've been out of it for a while now. But so that process is, is really tough to describe. So – I'll kind of break it down injury by injury, yeah. and we'll talk about it like that. Yeah. So my first injury was, was my first major injury whatsoever. Never had any injuries in sports. And up until that point in my life, sports was something I viewed as as merit-based. You know, if you put if you put a certain amount of work in, you get a certain amount of return. And early on, that was something – that was the reason I gravitated towards sports in the first place, right? And, you know, I was starting to see my – things were paying off for me. I'm starting to get scholarships. And, you know, that, that first setback was like, oh, man – there's different factors that go into this other than just working. There's some things that are out of your control. 
And so early on, I tried to blame it on myself. Like, man, what could I have done differently? Because I was working really hard that summer. I was running summer track. I was working out with the uh, with the outside workout group. It was like a these are guys who train people for like the NFL combines. I'm oh, working yeah. out with these guys in the summer. I'm putting a lot of work in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, man, maybe I overworked my body. Maybe I did this wrong. Maybe I did this. And, you know, I had to come to the fact that, you know, maybe there's some things that are out of my control. And so tore my ACL that first time. And that was the first identity breaker for me. It's like, man, you know, maybe I can't just be a football player. And I talked about creating the miniature celebrities with the world of recruiting nowadays. You know, these guys are all hitting me up and coaches are blowing me up. And I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm the most popular guy in school Mm -hmm. and everything's and everything's going crazy for me. And it's like, man, I love why would you not want to be identified as that, right? Right. Like, if, if you're receiving so much praise for your football skills, why would you not want somebody to say, oh, you're the guy with an offer from A&M or you're the guy with an offer from Texas? That feels good, you know? And I had to learn in that moment that <laughs> that's not something you can do for yourself. You you're how old? I'm 21 now. No, no, no. You're how old when this happened? Oh, when this happened, I was – this was a junior year of high school, so I was six, of, wow. 16. Wow. Yeah, yeah, 16. So I'm like, man, this is really tough. Yeah. And, you know, I talk about this a little bit on my podcast, but – the lessons I learned from it now are a little bit different than what I learned in that moment. And what I mean by that is when it happened to me, my first thoughts were, you know, I was really depressed for a moment. And I was like, man, I can't identify myself with this. And then it shifted me because I used it as motivation. And I said, you know what, I'm going to grind so hard and I'm going to use this as fuel for motivation to return. And you know, I was like, that that was good for my for my returning process and my rehabilitation process, but not not necessarily good for me down the road. Mm. And so I, I used that as motivation to return, and I worked really, really hard. Worked my ass off to come back. Came back, played a successful senior season, secured it, made it all the way through healthy, thank God. And I got to A&M. And so I had a rocky season freshman year. You know, I, I was told I was going to get a lot of playing time. And there was a guy ahead of me and Justin Evans who I was competing with for a starting spot. I was playing behind him and Armani Watts, playing mm-hmm. kind of both safety positions. And uh, up and down season, <laughs> first, first game. I don't know if I told you this story the other day. <laughs> yeah, first game of the season, man. I'm really excited. <laughs> Coaches are at the game. You know, some of my friends from back home, my family's at the game. It's really exciting. I mean, it's, it's just, I played in front of, you know, maybe – 5,000 people max in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was a fairly good East Texas size school, but, you know, 80,000, 90,000, 100,000, no, right. nothing's comparing to that. Right. And so we're playing the NRG Stadium versus Arizona State, first game of the season. And I, I went back home and I told my, my old high school this story too. And I had a pretty good fall camp, was playing the backup safety position, finally got an opportunity to play. I think Justin Evans went down, got the air knocked out of him or something. He's mm-hmm. down on the sideline. Dunning, dunning. My coach is calling me. I jog over, snap up. I'm looking around. I'm I'm finally about to get my, my, my moment. I'm running onto the field. Run onto the field, and it's it's everything I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. The the fans in the stadium, I'm looking up around. I'm in awe and shock. My mind is like, J.D., come on, man. Get your head in the game. <laughs> I'm like, my bad, my bad. So I lock in. I lock in. I'm covering this guy who's like an NFL prospect, DJ Foster. And finally locked in, and I'm, I'm getting ready to play. Back pedal, they run the ball. It's like a, a it's like a gain of one yard, and so I'm running to the pile, and uh, <laughs> running to the pile. And I initially, you know, 
I always admire those guys like Cam Chancellor who just come flying in and knock the entire pile back. Mm-hmm. But instead mm-hmm. of actually doing that, I did what I thought was the equivalent, and <laughs> I, I hit a, a nearby standing lineman who was <laughs> that wasn't looking at me. And you know, it made me feel like a tough guy at the moment. I just knocked him. To, I, I hit him pretty hard, and I was like, "Oh, let's go, let's go." And then uh, I forgot who it was. One of my teammates looked over me like, "JD, no." <laughs> I look over, and the ref throws a flag. I'm like, "What? What's going on?" And I clearly hit the guy late, but in my mind, it's just everything happened so fast, right. and, and my adrenaline's rushing. Right. And um, I clearly hit him late. Through the flag, I look over to the sideline. I see my coach, Coach Joseph, and I see Coach Sumlin just sitting there, shaking their head. Like, what is, like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> I see him, Donnie, come here. I jog off the field after one play. I'm out there <laughs> 15 seconds. <laughs> 15 seconds. I jog over to the sideline, and Coach Sumlin looks at me and says, Donnie, there's a difference in a tough guy and a dumbass. <laughs> Don't be a dumbass out there. <laughs> Sent me over to the bench, took my helmet off, did not touch the field the rest of the game. Wow. Okay, so now the next couple of weeks go by. We have a couple uh, couple of those trap games, I like to call them. Mm-hmm. I played a tad bit in those. Yeah. We were in SEC competition. Didn't really. I played one game over the next five-game span. Yeah. Did not touch the field besides that. And so now I'm starting to get in my head. I'm like, man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm thinking about transferring. I'm like, I'm not going to play here. and coaches lied to me and I'm starting to blame it on everybody else and I remember sitting down with one of my coaches and this is kind of a complete side story of where I want to go mm-hmm. but, uh, I remember sitting down with my coach my position coach and we he used to call me Armani Watts Justin Evans all in for Tuesday meetings and we used to go in there and watch film and you know he, he, he sat me and Justin down after Armani left and he told us this is a story the analogy he gave he said imagine that that two cars are, are both racing down a, down a highway and he says Imagine that one car starts 100 yards ahead of the first instead of in front of the other one, yeah. and the other one starts 100 yards behind, and they're both going 70 miles an hour down the highway. Is the car in the back ever going to catch up to the first? And I'm like, no, coach, it's obviously not going to catch up. And he's like, okay, now imagine that these both of these cars, you know, they start in the same position. One is 100 yards in front, the other is 100 yards behind. The car in the back is going 100 miles per hour, and the car in the front is going 70. Eventually, the car in the back is going to and to catch up and pass them. And so I was like, okay, yeah, what does that have to do with me, though? And so Justin leaves, and now it's just me and Coach, and he's like, look, you're the car in the back right now. I see you going 70 miles an hour. I want to see you going 100. You can catch up. You can play more. And I was like, you know what, Coach? I've been feeling like I was going hard, but what I'm going to do now is I'm going to really go hard to show uh-huh. you that I can play here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to take all the blame off of other people. I'm putting it on myself, and I'm going to say, look, I'm going to go out there and work. And if you don't see me after me putting out this Herculean effort, because I'm going to try as hard as possible, Coach, to get out there. If you don't see me after this, then I guess I just don't deserve to play here. So the next couple of weeks went by. I'm grinding really hard. You know, we're working really hard. I'm, I'm, I'm running to the ball every single play. Because early on, I was trying to copy what those guys were doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it shouldn't be. But, you know, it's a little different for the veterans sometimes. And Sure, sure. And uh, they're not held to different standards, but they can do things a little differently because they're proven. And I wasn't proven at that point, but I was trying to play like a proven player. Right. And so my mentality had to be different. And so I went out there and started working harder than those guys. And I was running the extra mile. And now he calls me back in two weeks later. He's like, Dunning, I'm seeing it. You're going to play a lot more this week. And so we're practicing this week. And uh, Justin Evans gets nicked up, has like a shoulder injury or something like that. Now I moved up into the starting lineup. Yeah. And so now things are starting to look up for, for, for JD. And so we go out there. It's a home game. Justin Evans ends up not playing, so now I'm starting. It's me and Armani Watts. I'm true freshman, national TV. Mm-hmm. My family's at the game. I'm like, man, this is going to be really, really exciting. So first drive of the game, I'm locked in. I've been working really hard, practicing, mastering my craft. Um, 
and you get to a certain point, and I talk about so much of the game being mental. You get to a certain point mentally where you know what kind of players are about to run when they line up in certain formations. And yep. I studied real hard throughout the week, so I kind of knew what was happening. And uh, the game came. First drive of the game, ended up getting an interception mm-hmm. in the end zone, mm-hmm. one of the brightest moments of my career. Mm-hmm. And I caught the ball, and I remember I'm about seven yards deep in the end zone. <laughs> caught the ball, and I looked over at Armani Watts, and I saw him block a guy. And at first I'm thinking, I'm about to take a knee because it's deep in the end zone. It's after a long drive. I'm tired. Yeah. And – after I saw Armani block the guy, I was like, well, I guess I have to return it now. I mean, he's blocking. <laughs> Took off running, and I got like five yards at the end zone. <laughs> and I got tackled by a lineman. So <laughs> I was like, oh, my, they're going to let me here for this. Yeah. Got tackled by a lineman, got to the sideline. Coach ripped me a little bit, but it was the playful kind of ripping. Yeah. And, you know, things were fine looking up. Played the entire game, got player of the game. Mm-hmm. That was really exciting. And then <clears throat> the next week came. I'm riding a lot of momentum now. You mm-hmm. know, you, you talk about running into adversity. I've had a little bit of that this freshman year. Now things are up and down for me, but they're finally starting to stabilize. Running down the first punt of Vanderbilt. This is the first punt of the game. Our yeah. offense gets the ball first, punts the ball, running down, and I'm breaking down for, before I tackle the punt returner, and my knee buckles backwards. Boom. Mm. Snaps again. So mm. This is the game after I start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally get the ball rolling for me. I tore my ACL again, and that was really crazy for me. And so I got to the sideline. And I was like, yeah, it's torn, Doc. He's checking out my leg. It's all loose, man. Yeah. Like, man, it's, it's just torn. Got into the locker room. I was a little sad, but I started to look at it, and I was like, man, you know what? The mentality that I kind of gained from the first one was kind of carrying over to the second. And I was like, you know, I've been through this process before. I can go through it again. And that was how I looked at it. And yeah. so, you know, I pretty much – I was. this was towards the end of the season, so we had LSU left and the bowl game left. So I missed both of those games. I started rehabbing after that. Got surgery right away. Started rehabbing. And I had a hell of an offseason. I, I bounced back, you know, even quicker than I did the first one. Really? Yeah. So uh-huh. a lot of people think that, you know, when you go through a, a, a rehab process that it's a little tougher the second time. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was such a tough process the first time that I think I gained different skills from it. And a lot of it is mental. I was just going to ask you that. Was it more mental? No. Yeah. But it's also your attitude. Right. Is it not the exactly. second time? Because you could you could yeah. get the old why me, but you said, okay, mm-hmm. let me attack this. Exactly. So you got past that, that hurdle mentally, didn't you? Right. Yeah, I was – and see, a lot of it was like, man, the first process is like, I don't really feel comfortable running right now. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do that. But because I went through it the first time, I knew that my body could actually take it. And so it's just a, it's just being really unsure at the beginning. But once you get over that hurdle, you're, you're really good. So basically, I rehabbed really hard, killed it. I came back faster than I did before, mm. felt stronger than I did before. I'm feeling really, really good. And now situation is kind of a little different now now coaches you know me like a veteran i've been kind of more of a mental guy learning a lot through uh mental reps throughout the spring and we get into fall camp and uh jf gets nicked up again so now i'm in the starting lineup again and things are looking up for me coaches tell me we're gonna need you really big this first game we're going to play ucla right at home right really big game mm-hmm. and so now i'm getting all the tickets in the locker room i'm like hey man let me borrow your tickets i got people coming <laughs> this is my debut i'm like i'm i'm laying out the game plan for my girlfriend at the time I'm like, look, if I ball out this game, have a really big game, I can burst onto the scene and I can, you know, do all these all these things. I'm like, man, this is this is it. Yeah. And so, you know, all these tickets lining it up, and I get to we get about a week out from the game, feeling really good, feeling healthy. Coach Sumlin's praising me, saying, you know, he looks like a different player out there. Right. <clears throat> and we got from the game, indoor practice. We're doing a special teams drill. Me, it was me and Cullen Gillespie. Matter of fact, I remember this. Mm-hmm. And uh, was doing like a little side to side movement, spent the round one time. And as I'm spinning, my my leg is stuck in the round. This is my 
right leg. Ooh, that's never had any injuries whatsoever. Right. So it, it's, it's kind of crazy how this happened. Spinning around, and I felt my knee pop. And initially, I didn't think it was anything because obviously I had two injuries on my left, two ACL surgeries, mm -hmm. no problems whatsoever to my right leg. This is my strong leg. And so twist, pops, and I go down. I was like, man, there's no way that just happened. And so now I'm kind of like in a – I don't know if you've ever been in traumatic in incidents, but now I'm kind of like in a dream state. And I'm mm -hmm. like, man, is this actually happening right now? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm laying here on the ground, mm -hmm. and I'm just in shock. And Coach Price looks over at me. <laughs> this is funny. Coach Price looks over at me. Get up, Donnie, get up. <laughs> he thinks I'm being soft or something. He's like, get up. I'm like, dog, Coach, I think I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's yelling at me, get up, man. He 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 eventually apologized later yeah, on. Right. That was funny at the moment, but I got up. And I started to hobble over to the sideline, felt my knee buckle, and I was like, oh, man, it's, it's, it's torn. And so that one right there was really, really tough on me. And so now, you know, it's like I, I started to view view adversity differently because the first two surgeries was like, man, uh, one, I needed that identity check as a junior in high school. Yeah. The second one, it, it was a little bit more adversity to add to my plate. But once I overcame that, my story would be that much cooler, right? I could tell this to my grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> I could use this to, you know, do public speaking. I could talk to people about right. injuries and bouncing back. Right. And I wanted to be a physical therapist at the time, too. Mm. And I was like, this is perfect. Not not perfect, but, you know, perfect. No, I know what you're saying. I, yeah. I could work it out. Absolutely. And so this third one is like, man, I haven't even got to taste the slice of the pie yet. You know, right. I'm about to start, you right. know, and I'm about to go into the season. I'm a sophomore now. I'm, I'm bigger, stronger. I'm like 225. I'm feeling muscular. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it was like, it was really disappointing because I felt like I let everyone down. Hmm. I felt like I let my family down because yeah. they were really looking forward to it. I felt like I let my teammates down because they were they were needing me at the, at the, in that circumstance. And so, really tough for me. I went home and uh, I really kind of stayed away from the program for a little bit because I was like, man, I think I'm just about to retire because it's like I run into so much adversity and it's like maybe this is just not for me. Yeah, maybe this is you know this is the last straw. Where I'm just done. And so, sat at home for a little bit. I thought about it, and I went up to talk to Mikado one one random day. Yeah, and this was uh, I pretty much was telling him that I was going to retire and what he thought about it, and, and he was really supportive of me. So Mikado was was like a kind of like a friend for me. I know he's the team chaplain, but he was really a close friend for me uh, throughout that time. And I told him about my decision to retire, and he was like, "Man, I support you. That's what you think is best for yourself. I'll help you through the transition process." He said, "You should um you should come to our team meeting tomorrow." And this was kind of random because I hadn't been around the team for, uh, yeah. for two, three weeks now. Yeah. And he was like, you should come to our meeting tomorrow. And I was like, man, I don't I don't want to be in there. And I haven't talked to any of those guys. Mm -hmm. I think I messed up the microphone. You okay? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, he was like, uh, wait, is this still recording? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got you. So he was like, um, you should come to the team meeting. I was like, man, those guys haven't seen me in three weeks. I don't, mm -hmm. don't want to go in there. My beard's all scraggly and <laughs> haven't had a haircut. <laughs> Looking like I'm a hobo on the streets, you know. Been laying in bed for three weeks. And so I, he eventually talked me into it. Came to the team meeting. Got my hood on. I'm sitting in the very back, man. And uh, a guy walks in, and this guy has one arm. And I'm like, you know, he caught my interest. I'm like, who is his brother with one arm over here? Oh. And so he starts to talk about his story and, you know, kind of tells about what happened to his to his arm. And his name was Inky Johnson. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Inky Johnson, really big time. Incredible story. Incredible story. Mm -hmm. And so he's starting to talk. And I'm like, man, you ever been to church and you're like, man, this message is meant directly for me. There's nobody else in church. It's like one-on-one. -on -one. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's how I felt in that moment. I was like, man, this message is meant for me to hear right now. Yeah. And it's crazy that I ended up in here because I wasn't even supposed to be in that meeting. And so I'm in there listening to him talking. I'm like, man, this is crazy. And so I'm like, man, maybe I can come back and keep playing. And so it kind of shifts my mentality a little bit. But I, after the meeting, 
and I was like, man, I, I, I still don't know about it. Mikado connected the two of us, and me and him talked on the phone for a while, and I told him my story, told me his. And I remember he told me, he said, you know, the way I always have chosen to view adversity is uh, is that it may be bigger than just myself. Mm-hmm. He said that some of the things that you go through aren't, aren't, you know, it isn't just about the fact that you're going through it, but somebody else can look at that, and it can, it can, it can be uh, used as motivation for those guys. And I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. And so I kind of took that nugget from what he gave me, put it in my back pocket, but I wasn't really, still wasn't really feeling like coming back. Sure. And so I ended up rehabbing with our with our physical therapist, Matt Key, shout out to him. And, you know, it was really phenomenal. And so basically what I decided at that point was I was going to rehab for two, three months, see how I felt. And I was like, if I feel good, I'll come back. And if I don't, that's it, I'm done. Right. And I was rehabbing. And as I get like, you know, I get like two weeks out, I'm feeling good, feeling a little better than I was before. And once I kind of changed my mindset mentally, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to start recording these workouts to kind of see how I advance because it does a lot for your morale. You know, you look back and say, oh, I was right here, but now Mm -hmm. I'm right here. That's starting to help build you up. And so I started recording all my workouts. I got probably three months out. And so now this is like my decision time. Yeah. And I look back at all my videos and I'm like, man, I look almost too good not to come back. Right. You know, and. I remember sitting in my girlfriend's room. This is crazy, too. So I had this idea one day that I was going to randomly combine all these videos. And I was like, man, I, this would be pretty cool to give to the fan base. And they could see my whole tra- my right. whole process of right. me coming back. And so basically, I combined all these videos. Uh, one guy over at Tamil Highlights helped me out, made this video. And I was I'm going to post it on my Twitter. And so I remember sitting in her room, posted it out on Twitter. And after posted, I turned my phone off and just put it face down on the bed. Cause I didn't know how people were going to react, right? You know, and I, I didn't right. want the whole sympathy thing. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know how people are going to react to this, but it was something I wanted to share with them. And so, posted it. I sat there like thirty minutes, and I turned it back on, and my phone is blowing up with wow. direct messages, retweets, likes, and mm-hmm. comments. Mm-hmm. And basically, what I was getting from guys is people were talking to me, and they were like, "Man." you don't know how much this helped me out just kind of seeing you and hearing about your story and how you wow. bounce back from adversity. Wow. People are DMing me and this is crazy too. I still get these. This guy's like, man, my wife left me two months ago, but seeing how you attack this adversity and what seems to be your whole life at this point is really, you know, something to admire mm-hmm. and I can use that and I can bounce back from this. You know, if you can get over that, I can get over this. Right. And that's when I really started to see and I was like, man, this is what Inky was talking about. Right. It's bigger than just my injury. It's bigger than just myself. And once I kind of realized that, I was like, man, this is a no-brainer. I have to come back. Right. And so made the decision at that point to come back because I'm seeing the level of impact I'm having. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to realize that, you know, maybe this whole process was was meant for, for Justin Dunning to be seen as the, the conqueror instead of the guy that just, you know, let injury defeat him. And so made the decision to come back, came, and I, I rehabbed, worked hard, and now I had three ACL surgeries. And, you know, a lot of people are looking at me a little bit differently, which I appreciate. <clears throat> and so – Came and played the entire season for the most part. Had a couple of nicked up injuries throughout the season where I'm getting like tweaking my knee. And, yeah. And now I'm not, at this point, I'm not really the same player. Right. I've had both my legs have been right. injured. I'm, you know, my knees are hurt when I'm going home at night, walking up the stairs differently. <clears throat> and so I get by midway through the season, I start telling myself, like, man, after this season, I might retire. And and that's just because I, mean, I, I was having a lot of fun. It was really good being back out there. Right. And guys were looking at that as a message and like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing for mm-hmm. coming back from all this. But I was like, man, I'm not really feeling the same. And I was going to retire. Well, thinking about it at least. And yeah. so tweaked my knee a couple more times, got an old Miss game, and I'm rushing the passer. Um, and once we rush past the quarterback, you're taught to spin back. 
the counter back. And so I'm rushing past, and I counter back inside. And as I counter back, I <laughs> twisted my knee, felt the pop again. Oh, man. And so now I'm sitting here on the ground. I'm like, oh, come on, J.D. Oh. Mm-hmm. That, uh, now, <laughs> is it the crazy thing at this point, I was just like, Man, if this happened at practice or something, I'd be I'd be cool. Yeah, not in the game, right? Because I don't want that whole sympathy thing, right? Feeling bad for me, and so I felt my leg, and I was like, "Oh man, this is this is not good." Got up, and I started to hobble over to the sideline. This is another crazy story too. Hobble over to the sideline, and as I'm making my way halfway over there, and by the way, Ole Miss is running hurry up offense. Yeah, <laughs> Coach Summon's like, "Go down, go down, go down," uh, and I'm like, "No, Coach Summon, I can't." No. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, go oh, down! You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it off the field. And like, they're lined up, and I'm like halfway to the sideline. Yeah. And so I go down. Now the camera's all on me. Yeah. Jumbo trying. I'm like, oh, yeah. Man, I don't want this to happen, but so be it. So yeah. ended up, you know, that whole process ended up being injured again, tore my ACL again. And I didn't announce that last one just because I didn't want people to feel bad for me. But right. I ended up releasing the whole the whole uh, retirement letter last December. Yeah. Made the decision to retire and. Really tough at first. I'll bet. You know, I'm. Whenever I made the decision, I said I was writing with a smile on my face. I really was feeling good about it, man. I was like, and the crazy thing about that is, it was a long letter, and I wrote it right before I posted it too. So that was how I really felt at that moment. Yeah. And the next, the months to follow that were kind of rough though, and so I ended up taking a little bit of the spring off. I had all online classes, and so I went back home, spent some time with my family. And, you know, just being away from the program, didn't follow any of the recruiting, didn't right. follow any of the spring ball for the most right. part. And, You've uh, checked out at this, right? At this point. Only because out. of that, right? Only That's because it's that. like, okay, I'm not, right, right. I'm not part of it. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just rough, man. It was really rough. Just not not having the same responsibilities as a football player. I wasn't around my guys anymore. And it was, it was different. I had to figure out what I wanted to do for myself. And it's like, you know, I have so much free time now. Time was just like, it was crazy because, you know, it's hard to come by as a football player. Sure. And so now I'm sitting around with too much time to think, and I'm just like, man, what am I doing? And so I ended up coming back to A&M, came back down here just to refocus myself. And now now I could kind of stomach being around the program a little bit. Go out to – this is like around the spring game time, so mm-hmm. late in the spring. Go out to the spring game, had the opportunity to watch those guys. I missed it. Yeah. You know, but at this point it was, I was stable with it. I was all right. Mm-hmm. And so I started to join a bunch of different organizations around campus and trying to involve myself in different ways – Trying to find different friends right. know, that are not football players, too. Right. And so, you know, I got, to, I got to do that, and I got to kind of live the last part of a semester as a normal student. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. And so, you know, I got into – this is kind of – I kind of want to paint the picture for how I got into podcasting, but mm-hmm. I got a <clears> – I had an opportunity to come on to Texas Radio. This was probably in the summertime. This was probably June, maybe. And I'm doing an internship at Northwestern Mutual. And I was like, you know what? This is perfect. I can promote my business. Mm-hmm. And I barely had any business at the time, <laughs> by the way. So I wasn't really promoting anything. But I was just like, yeah. this would be perfect. Pro- promote yeah. my business. So I went on to Texags and did, had a little conversation on there. And it was pretty cool. I was like, you know, radio, yeah, yeah whatever. Right. And did that. Came back a couple weeks later. Gabe hit me up again. He was like, you know, come back on. And I was like, uh, I guess I could find some time. So. <laughs> Made some time, <laughs> made some time, went back over there to Texas Ags and did, did it again, the radio show. And the second time was a little bit more fun because you know it. You yeah. get more comfortable Absolutely. and you start to have different kind of conversations. Yep. And I was like, you know, this could. Yep. And at that point, I started to see a little potential for it. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe. And so keep in mind, this whole time, my, my whole plan. <laughs> so I went from in December, I'm going to the NFL. You know, even though I was had injuries and whatever. Right. I still wanted to go to the NFL. And. Maybe my if I was retiring, and I was like, "Now what?" Went to the spring. I was in a whole entrepreneurial phase. Yeah, 
got into the summertime. It's like, I'm going to be a financial planner. It's like, boom, 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 all these different career paths. What am I really, what am I going to do? Yeah. And so throughout the whole summer, I thought I was going to be a financial planner. I'm doing Northwestern Mutual Internship. And then the radio thing comes along. Now this is July. I hit up Gabe, and I'm like, you know, Gabe, maybe I can get back on there one more time. And so another roles are reversed. He hit me up at first, and now I'm hitting him up. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. And so yeah. I get on the radio, and I do a whole little bit on there. It's pretty cool. And it's just, it was, I'm having a lot of fun with it now. And so now, first game of the season, second game of the season, I'm going out into the games. And now these fans are coming up to me, and they're like, man, I heard you on the radio the other day. Mm-hmm. You sounded really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, you, you think so? And it's really cool because it's like, man, these people, they got they didn't really get to know me. And so a lot of people, they know me as the knee guy or the guy with the four ACL surgeries, but right. they don't really get to hear me talk. Right. Now, they don't really – a lot of these guys don't even know what my voice sounds like. Right. right. And so – I started to see that as an opportunity and as a platform to to not only build myself up and you know let people know who I was more, mm-hmm. but just you know just be out there more. You know what yeah. I mean? It was it was fun. And so I started doing the radio more. And Gabe hit me up in the fall and asked me if I wanted to come on as a weekly contributor. Yeah. And I was like, you know, why not on Wednesdays? Me and Trevor Knight come in there and mm-hmm. do a whole little thing. It's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Talking to Trevor as well. And so I started getting the idea for a podcast. And I was like, man, this would be a lot of fun. If I could just go in here and talk about whatever I want to. Right. Because the radio thing is cool. And it's like, you know, I go in on somebody else's radio show and I have to still kind of represent them. But my podcast, I can. That's you. <laughs> I can talk about whatever That's I want you. to. Right. Uh-huh. And so that was something I never had, but it was something I really appreciated yeah. seeing in other guys. And so one day I just made the idea and I, I just went for it, man. And I was really kind of tiptoeing on it at first. Didn't really know what I was going to do. And right. so once I finally just went for it, man, it a lot of guys really accepted it. My, my teammates are retweeting it. And at first I imagined it being me and Otaro were going to be co-hosts <laughs> on it. <laughs> and we were just going to sit in our living room every day and just yeah. talk about things. Yeah. You know, talk about pop culture things, football right. things, sports things. And, you know, T bailed on me, basically said he couldn't do it because of football. Right. And so I hit up Billy Lucci, who's the owner of Taste Eggs. Yeah. He told me I could come in and use the studio. And I was like, I would love that. You right. Know, I appreciate that. And so it went from initially going to be me and OT to now it's going to go in and um, I'm going to talk with different guys on the team, talk with different athletes. I'm going to talk with different guys around campus. I'm just bringing guys in. We're going to have different conversations. And, you know, kind of like the whole uh, – the foundation of what your podcast is about yeah. as well. Yeah, And so – Because you can get something out of them that yeah. I can't or someone else can't, right? Exactly. Because it's – you know, mm-hmm. there, there's so many similarities, right. but there's also trust. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so these are, and so a lot of people viewed it as inter, as interviews or whatnot. But you know, I even laid it, that that firm foundation with the with the first one that these are just like these are really conversations. These mm-hmm. are stories of you know whenever we were teammates, right? And, and people forget sometimes these guys are all my friends. And so it's not like I'm just you know bringing in right. one of these top players out here and I'm just talking to them and asking these questions. These guys are all my friends that I've been teammates with for years. And so I started doing the podcast and people are really latching on to it. They're really enjoying it and. A lot of fun stories on there, man, yeah. that, that people did not really get exposure to at the beginning, but now we're kind of putting on the forefront. Cause these are conversations we've had in the locker room, right? conversations I have around the house all the time. And it's like, you know, kind of putting a microphone in the room and a camera as well and just kind of putting them in front, putting them out there. We as fans like to peek behind the curtain. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing. But again, with that trust that whoever you're talking with mm-hmm. knows that you know, there's there's probably stories you're never going to tell. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You you mentioned Gilly, so there's plenty that are, can't be told. <laughs> but it's yeah. nice to be able to share and, and give a little bit more of a glimpse yeah. of that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So so 
my my next question is, what was the total elapsed time from when you retired to when Kingsley took your number? <laughs> Man, I think I don't even know if the dude gave me. <laughs> I couldn't even take a breath of fresh air. I mean, the guy, I hopped out. I retired, man. I, and I swear it's like he took it the next day, but no, he gave me probably a couple months or so. I mean, I mean, I know I, I threw a little jab at him on Twitter, and I was like, man, come on. At least let me get my knees out the door, you know. I'm trying to carry my knee braces out, and he just – and he's grabbing my, my, lock, my locker number already. And it was it's funny, man. But, yeah, Kiki, big Kiki looks good in number eight. He said he looks sexy. <laughs> I don't know about sexy. I would say he looks good. Good in that number. I'm still still single digits on defensive <laughs> linemen. Still throws me a little bit. I'm a throwback, okay? It, it does. But the eight, I'm you know where he is at all times. That's true. On that field. That's true, that's true. Now, he had that eighty eight which didn't look too bad. Right. No, I, I liked it on him. The double numbers always look good. Yeah, but but the single digit just kinda like it sets a statement. It does. It's like this guy's an impact player. Yeah. And, like, you, and you better play well. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. If you're, <laughs> if you're a single digit, you're not playing well. It's like, come on. What, what is this guy doing? Give it up. Yeah. You got to just give it up. Get another number. Yeah. Exactly. That's my guy, though. He had to he had to slim down a little bit to get in there. You know, he was he was up in the threes at first. Now yeah. He's around. He's low threes, maybe. Probably yeah. Around two ninety five now, but we may yeah. be witnessing a a that that hybrid new position it's along the lines of that jack linebacker it's yeah. along the i mean i i know we play with the rover but that hybrid defensive tackle defensive end right man that says a lot especially next level because yeah. you know if you can do that not if you can do it in the college level that's great because you can play an awful lot mm-hmm. but when the nfl starts taking a look anytime you can be versatile is huge isn't Absolutely. it i think he's had a great year he has man a lot of people are looking for pass rushers you know that college level at the nfl level and they initially think, you know, a slim defensive end, a guy that's going to be able to rush a field, fast guy. But if you're a guy that's big, strong, and yeah. can play the, wrong, the, the run very well on the outside, cause that's where a lot of these pass rushers lack. You know, they can't play the run well. Right. Kiki's really, really good in the run, and he can pass rush. He's, he's, he's smooth enough to move around and bounce around a little bit. And I, he says that comes from his basketball background. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good he actually is at basketball. He still has buckets all day as his Twitter. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that again. That indicates something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how good he actually is. He says he's the best on the team. He told me that on the podcast. But yeah, he, he's the best on this team. That's what he told me. Where's the bar? That's the thing. Is the bar really low? Is it, is it? Kiki Kingsley Kiki told me he could play college basketball. I don't doubt that. No, if I got, if at he, the size, I don't doubt it. Yeah, I don't. Either. I've joked with Billy Kennedy. There's a couple guys that I have a feeling. I, you know, if you mm-hmm. if you take a look, coach, you can always <laughs> you can always bring them over. He's got a couple guys now. He's got Josh Nebo, who I'm sure Jimbo might yeah, take a look yeah, at. He yeah, got yeah, some exactly, size exactly. too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I, but I, I mean, that's just that. That's just that athleticism. Yeah, exactly. Man, having that ability to move around and that agility. Yeah, something a lot of big men don't have. Guys that are normally good at the run can't play the pass well. Guys that normally pass rush very right. well are very suspect in the run defense. Right. But I have a guy that can do both, and you talk about the versatility, man. He can play inside and outside, and it's not like he's out of place anywhere. No. You see a lot of guys that they have to move around. And keep in mind, this was a position. He wasn't even supposed to be out there. Right. Michael Clemens was in the position. Right. And he was asked to make that transition late. Mm-hmm. And for him to step up like that is, is big. I couldn't be more proud for him to wear the number. He's 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 been awesome. It's And it's, it's it, it really is kind of a cool continuation. Exactly. You've been a sounding board for guys who are going through adversity? I've tried to. Have you? I've tried to. I mean, a lot of the guys on the team, and this is crazy too, I've been a real, real big supporter of Courtney Davis. And mm. you know, a reason for that is because I actually went through the rehab process with him. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he was really, really timid. I talk about being timid. He was really timid at first. And I make, you know, I laugh at it now, but 
to see him come back and bounce back from it has been really cool. And a lot of those guys still hit me up, man. Those are still my close friends. They hit me up and they say, man, you know, what was the process like for you? Yeah. And I like to, if I ever see a guy on the team being injured, I like to reach out to him because, like I said, I feel like I went through the whole process for other people. You know, although it was for myself to help me grow as well, it's bigger than just me. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole mentality I've taken on it since then, and it's helped me mature a lot, man. And I'm sure my mentality might be different later on. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's kind of where I am right now. Did you ever ask yourself why? Why me? I did. I did at one point. Yeah. And I think now it's just me realizing that sometimes we don't know why things happen. And, you know, a lot of time it was like, like I talk about that third injury, I was really confused about it. I was like, man, what what, what is this? And so kind of the mentality, I forgot to hit on this. So when I got to that third injury, my mentality was this. It was like, man, I'm a, I'm a religious guy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, part of me feels like God has certain things lined up for our life. And, you know, part of me believes that if it's not meant for you to have, if it's not meant for you, then it's not going to work out for you. And so, you know, my mentality in that moment was, man, have I been attacking this whole thing the wrong way? Is is, is this way? Is this God's way of telling me this is not meant for me? Right. Or is it God's way of putting adversity in front of me? And that is one of the hardest Ooh. decisions you'll ever have to face, man. Right. It's like, I'm I'm really stuck, you know, trying to ponder on this whole, this whole topic the entire time. And so another big reason why I came back, I forgot to tell you this, so... I was sitting at home thinking about this, and I was like, man, I'm really trapped between these two decisions. I'm talking to people about it. I'm getting all these different opinions. But as you know, man, there's only so much advice you can get, and a lot of it just has to come within you, man. You have to find out what it is for yourself because every circumstance is different. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking people, is this God's way of telling me it's not meant for me? Is this God's way of telling me that, you know, just putting adversity? And so my decision to come back after that third time was I said, man, I'm really confused about this. I don't have closure. But what I'm going to do is come back, okay? And so when I made the decision to come back, I said, look, whatever happens with this last decision, I won't regret it. And I talked about that in my letter as well. Mm-hmm. I said, I won't regret it right? because it's going to give me closure. Mm-hmm. If it works out, that means it was God's way of putting adversity in front of me. If it doesn't work out, that means it's, I'm meant to do something else. And that's kind of the mentality I took. And after I had that last injury, I was really disappointed at first. But I thought about it and I said, you know what? This isn't meant for me to do. I'm supposed to do something else. Yeah. And it happened to me for a reason. I'm thankful for it. I'm yeah. thankful to have the opportunity to go out there and play like I did because not many people get to experience that. But I finally get to, you know, take what I learned from this and go on to something else. And right. I truly believe, you know, being able to do what I'm doing now with the podcast and I want to get into the whole broadcasting game. And, you know, obviously you're in a whole different level right now. But if I could get to, you know, the stature where you're at right now, it'd be huge. I've been fooling them for years. <laughs> the only reason why I sign up for direct deposit is I hope they forget and they just keep paying me. You know I mean? That's awesome, man. Uh, if your phone didn't blow up, mm-hmm. would it have been different? When you realized oh. that you were impacting others, right. was that a big moment? That was huge. That, that was the basis of the entire thing. I mean, yeah. I think. Man, that is a really good question. You could have that. been just number eight, right? right? And, and believe me, don't don't get me wrong. It's, you're, you're touching fans, mm-hmm. right? But as we talked the other day, there are some fans, and I'm not and I'm not saying this as Aggie fans. They root for laundry. Yeah. Now they got to root for mm-hmm. Justin Dunning. Exactly. It personalized it. Exactly. And it wasn't just the folks here at Kyle Field. Exactly. That's true. Different. It's it's interesting. It, I I was thinking about that. It's like you know what it. it was was one of that, and you talked about the closure, was right. one of the tests God gave you that 30 minutes you had to wait. Mm. If you turn that That's phone tough. over and it's nothing, right. I wonder. I wonder. We don't know. I mean, I, I, it's some alternate universe. <laughs> I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's, 
And, and that's the thing that always we talk about how good the student athletes are here are and the impact of whether it's here on campus with other with other friends, whether it's Unity Council, whether it's FCA, whether it's just being in the in, in the groups. Right. But now here here you are at, at the lowest moment, making right. that somebody else's highest moment. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like, OK, my you've you've changed. At least one, as you tell the story, but more than that, somebody else's life by by your downside is is someone else. That's an amazing impact. Exactly, man. That's amazing. That is a really good question. I've never actually thought about that though. Every it's once like, in a while, I ask him. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you're the best in the business. I, man, I, st- I stumble across a couple. <laughs> that's a really good question. I. You know, I never thought about it because I guess when I turned my phone on, I kind of expected something to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I expected there to be some sort of feedback, whether it was, you know, people like, oh, my God, you helped me so much. Or whether it was, man, people saying that's so sad. Right. Because, I, you know, you know when you put something good out there. And that was some – it was it was impactful. It was it was compelling. Yeah. And I, I could I could tell that by, just by looking at it. So I knew that there was going to be some sort of feedback there, whether it was, you know, people saying I helped them or, or vice versa. But – you know, that's, that's a good question. I would have to think about that more. Will being an athlete help you, uh, the the discipline, mm-hmm. the always wanting to get better? You talked about the mental part. You think that will help you for broadcasting? Absolutely. It is. <laughs> There's so much adversity you run into. Even with my podcast, I got – this is a crazy story as well. So, Texags, they've been tremendous, right? But they just let me use their studio pretty right. much. I do all the editing for it. Mm. I do all the scheduling. Yeah. I do all my guests. I do all the topics. It's my podcast. Yeah. I do everything with it. So I had to do all the editing for my podcast. And for the longest, I, I don't know if you do any editing, but I had the wrong software. And oh. so I made the announcement. I had the podcast. I was going to start it. I'm going to release this. <laughs> I'm going to release it next week. And so the date comes. And this whole time I've been searching for the right software. So they tell somebody tells me Adobe is the right software. Yeah. I download Adobe to my computer, pay like $60 for uh-huh. it downloaded I'm I'm trying to edit this podcast but for some reason I cannot find the video function on there and so I'm looking for a good six hours I'm sitting here this, this is this is the day before the release yeah I have not edited yeah. my, my first podcast yeah. so I'm trying to edit it I'm trying to find the video function and I'm just like man I'm sitting there with my girlfriend I'm like man I don't know why I'm doing this nobody's gonna listen anyways and so I'm sitting there telling myself that and like this this is really just kind of pointless and so at that point I was like man I think I'm just about to not do it make an announcement say you know, everyone who followed my page, unfollow it now. <laughs> Which sounds, ridic- that sounds ridiculous, right? It sounds ridiculous. And so I'm like, man, nobody, I don't, I don't know what, what I'm doing. Yeah. And so I ended up reaching out to somebody, asked for help. And so apparently there's a different, di- different uh, subsections of Adobe. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so Adobe Premiere was what I was looking for. And I had yeah. Adobe Audition. Oh, gotcha. And yep. So yep. Any young editors out there listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't get Adobe Premiere unless you're trying to do audio, which may, I want in video. May, may, may I also add the suggestion? We're friends, right? Yeah. Make the call before six hours goes by. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, but I'm, I'm as I say that, I'm like you. It's like, I'm going to figure this out. Exactly. I'm going to figure this exactly. out. I know, exactly. I know. It's the typical men don't ask direction thing. Exactly. I get it. But I, dang it, I can figure this out myself. <laughs> exactly. I, but I think I think football, football really helped me with that, man because I was struggling and there's so many times in football you know, I talked about my freshman year I talked about my adversity the struggles and with the knee injuries mm-hmm. there's so many times you're like man this this might not work out for yeah. me but you have to shift your mindset and bounce back from it and kind of in that moment it's like this is a familiar place I'm feeling down but it's not as down as I've been in the past 
I've, I've suffered bigger losses than this. I've been in lower places yeah. than this. And so even though, even though I was sitting there, I was like, man, nobody's going to listen to this. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's, I'm going to be the only one listening to my own podcast. Right. You know, I had a different mentality, you know, all the same. I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to find out how to do this. And that's right. what, what that's why I reached out to that person and how I figured it out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's 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 something. It's um, There is in, in our, I'm going to say our business because I'm going to consider you in our business. Right. Uh, it's nice to get that feedback. It is, man. It, it's nice. It's nice to see something grow. It's nice to see. But again, and I've always said this, in any game that I have ever worked, it's my signature on there. Mm. every podcast and then whatever you do now it's like your signature exactly and i i know i hear a lot of people talk about it and say that creatives and i can see you're creative as well so it's a, they say that creatives are uh insecure in a way and i don't think it's insecurity it's more just you know you're putting you're putting out there what you feel to be the best value that you have to offer right and you want feedback from that and you want right. to see how how it's growing and being able to see something that you're putting out there and to see people latch onto it and really support it and right. love it and fall in love with it is, right. is really big. Then you don't want to disappoint them. Exactly. And that's funny because we were talking, yeah, you asked if I ever get nervous. Right. I, I don't, it's not the nerves. As And, and again, uh, it, there's always going to be something self-deprecating coming from me. <laughs> like I said, I've messed up bigger shows than this. You know what I mean? Right. I never want to disappoint the person who put the trust in me. Mm, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So now you've, you have put yourself out there. Right. And, and you really, but athletes do that too. Right. Athletes always do that. You put yourself out there on every play. Right. Um, there's also the part of sometimes you're only as good as your guest. Mm, right. That's true. But your personality mm-hmm. allows you to bring out something in in that guest. And mm-hmm. people say, oh, that was really fun. I've always said this with everybody that I've ever worked with. If my partner mm-hmm. tells a joke, people think I'm funny. <laughs> it's that rapport. <laughs> And it's not easy to do yeah. in a short amount of time to get rapport That's true. with someone, yeah. but you're a, but you're able to do that. But again, I think that word trust comes in with the people. Yeah. That's now you know, you've done this with teammates. You right. want this to go bigger now, right? Yeah. So I started with teammates. I think my big thing was just not necessarily using those guys to get people to listen, but I mean, at first, <laughs> no, you nobody's... need that. No, I know exactly where you're coming from. Right. You, you need that. You you're the big enough name. Right. I get that. Right. But you you always need the you exactly. always need that hook right? exactly right. exactly. So what I what I did and what I wanted to be the kind of the unique value that I'm offering is being able to talk with those guys about things that they aren't really talking about anywhere else. Right. And so I've been talking with my teammates early on, and now I'm starting to you know, now that I kind of have a little fan base. I'm starting to get my views up, and people are supporting it now. Um, I want people to tune in to the Justin Dunning podcast, not only for the fans, but for Justin Dunning as well. Right. And hear my opinions. And right. So I want to kind of branch off. Well, not branch off. Not even make a pivot, but. Talk about different topics as well. Mm-hmm. And so I want to bring in other athletes. I want to bring in guys who are non-athletes. You know, I would like to have a conversation like this on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whereas it's been a lot of football guys and hearing their backstory and everybody wants to hear Kellen Mond and Travion Williams and Cullen Gillespie, but there's different conversations to be had. And right. I think that, you know, bringing that to the forefront, it's going to be really cool. It's neat. It's neat. It really, I mean, that's, it's, it's who you are mm-hmm. and, and, and it, and what, it, it's what comes with it. Right. And now here's here's the next opportunity. Right. Exactly. May's business school? May's business school. I'm what's there. what's tougher? That or football? <laughs> you know, school <laughs> I would say, man, right now it is tough as a senior. <laughs> Senioritis, I used to think, <laughs> man, I used to talk to people about it and I'm like, Come on, stop being lazy, man. Yeah. It's real. It's real and it's out here, man. It's trying to latch on to me now. But I'm fighting I'm fighting it off right now, man. And I'm trying to trying to get to graduation. We're almost there. May, right? May. We're God, almost that's there. Awesome. 
Yeah, but Maze is fun, man. We have a great program over there. Yeah. The teachers are amazing, professors yeah. are amazing, and you just gotta love the university. That's one of the one of the one of the best schools at Texas A&M University. When you have the when you have the family and the network of football and the reputation of Mays, mm-hmm. that's a great right. That's going to open up a ton of doors. Yeah, now the key for absolutely. you is the, that's the door. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do once you walk through it? Right. What am I going to do when I walk? Yeah. That's, that's the big question. Man. Yeah, that's the big question. Yeah. And then it's finding out which door I want to walk through because ooh. you've. I still got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's that you've already been what you thought was a linear path right exactly. to the NFL, right? Right. <laughs> Man, there are a lot of branches <laughs> off that path. And it's it's so crazy. And this is crazy to imagine too. My uh my financial situation at home. And I'll talk about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. What it wasn't set up for me to go to college. And you know, although I was a good student early on, uh, my grades weren't the best, and so I wasn't getting an academic scholarship. Right. And it's just crazy, you know, to imagine. I obviously came to A&M, did the whole football thing, got in the maze. Uh, now I have the, the, the podcast thing going and mm-hmm. the media thing, and it's branched off to a bunch of different things. But it's just crazy to imagine, you know, what if I didn't get the football scholarship, what would have actually happened? Because now, now I'm in an entirely different position. And right. so I've obviously went down this path that opened up all these different doors for me down here. But yeah. what if I took a different path? What would have happened? What if 16-year-old you quit? Exactly. I mean, that's an incredible – that's why I asked you how old you were when that happened. That Not many 16-year-olds faced with that kind of adversity would have that attitude. They may may have come back. They may not have been the same player. What if it's not Coach Sumlin? That's great. Yeah, because a lot of people people are like, man, nobody normally comes back from this 100%. No. And I'm sitting here looking up – I remember looking up all these facts on – (laughs) <laughs> on Google and whatnot, just trying to find out you know, what percentage of people come back from ACL surgery, what actually is a surgery, how do you rehab from it. And I remember coming across, this is something that really helped me as well, Adrian Peterson, this was the year after he came back and won the MVP mm-hmm. after his ACL surgery. Yeah. And I got to use that as motivation. I found a video on him, <laughs> and I swear I watched this video every day for 365 days, but I got to see Adrian Peterson bounce back from his ACL recovery. And, you know, people obviously say that. I remember bringing this up to somebody. They're like, oh, he's a freak athlete, though. And, you know, there's not many people like him. I'm like, man, I'm going to – if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know, and we're he's from East Texas as well. Uh-huh. About 45 minutes down the road from where I grew up. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, if he can do it, I can do it. And obviously, no, he's a very special athlete. You see what he's doing now at 33 or 34, <laughs> how old he is. Right. But, I mean – it was just a different mentality. And, I mean, you have to wonder what would have happened if it had been different. But I just have to thank God that, that it wasn't. Yeah. And it's, it's a th- I mean, I, I joked about the alternate universe, but it's something that you, <laughs> that you think about. But it's obviously right. it's it's every decision that you've made. And I, I learned that a long time ago. Every decision that you make is the right one. You understand what I mean? You can make yeah, wrong decisions. Yeah, yeah. But everyone that you make, that. because that. that you have to, it's, there, it's, it's what's the consequence? What's all of that? Right. I, to me, it's. God said you have a higher calling than just being a safety. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it makes me wonder. It does. Uh, it really does. Because, again, the impact. And, and you've, probably, you've probably affected people and you don't even know. Exactly. You know I mean? that's, that's pretty special also because we're not, I don't think we're supposed to know. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, you can know? See that. I can see that. Or somewhere down the line you're going to run into someone. And, and, like it's, it. I, and it's going to be. Wow, I can't believe I'm meeting. I, you know how the, the way our world works. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I'm, that's, that is so crazy. I ran into a guy the other day. <laughs> this is crazy. So uh, the producer over at Texas, Dalton, he, mm-hmm. it's it's tough lining my, my, my guests up because I have to work with a bunch of different schedules. But yeah. there was one week that Dalton was going to be out, 
and there was a different guy in the studio. I forget his name, but he's one of the picture guys, and he's a video editor as well, and mm-hmm. he does different things. And so I stopped by, and I talked to him. I was like, hey, man, Dalton's going to be out today. Do you think that you could uh, help set up the studio for me to record my podcast? You know, I'll be in and out real quick. And he was like, yeah, man, no problem. And so we get to talking for a little bit after the podcast, and I was like, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I was talking about my transition process. Because after we got done, I saw him editing a video, and he was, it was a video that was talking about um, the transition process for military veterans mm. to real life. Right. And I was telling him that uh, whenever I retired, you know, in the spring, that I, I entered this competition, this entrepreneurial competition in the spring, and I was basically doing like, you ever seen Shark Tank? Yeah. I was. It was basically like Shark Tank, and I was pitching like a business idea to yeah. different people, and my idea was basically to help. Ent- athletes transition to life after by setting them up with mentors while they're playing gotcha mentors in different fields other than just athletics Mm -hmm. because you know everybody has a johnny manziel or mike evans in the locker room talking to them right but they don't really have a you know a lawyer that's wanting to be their mentor right and so that was my idea and i was basically pitching that and i was telling him about that because there was one of the judges came up to me after and he gave me the idea for connecting with military veterans he was like look if you want to continue this idea and you know form it into a real business which it eventually fell off but he's like if you want to continue this and form it to a real business he said one thing you could look into is connecting with guys who are military veterans who have that same idea because it's two different paths, but they basically want this to accomplish right. the same thing. Right. And so I was telling him that story, and he was like, yeah, man, you know what's crazy? He said, I just moved down here from California. And he said, before I even had an official job, the first thing that I shot, he's a camera guy. Yeah. The first thing I ever recorded was that event that you were at. Wow. And he said, I want to tell you that you did a great job. Wow. Because I see you coming here every day, but I've never talked to you. He yeah. said, man, that really touched me. I, heard, I got to hear your story. Because I got up there and I started to tell the story about how I actually felt when I was sitting on that ground in Ole Miss. And I'm looking up at the sky and I'm like, man, this is this is crazy. And right. I'm telling the story about that and kind of walking through my life a little bit. And he got to hear that. And it's crazy that <laughs> this guy's been seeing me come in there every day for the podcast and he hasn't said anything to me. And now it's like I sit down and talk to him. And he's like, man, yeah, that really touched me a lot. Right. It's just crazy, kind of humbling that that you don't even realize you're impacting a lot of different people, right? And that people are looking at you in a certain way. Like you probably don't even realize that you're walking past, you know, some guys that really, really admire your work and what you do. They can't wait to take my job. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to be the voice of Aguilar, man. But there's also that part that fans don't think understand you guys are but right. they don't think you're approachable oh that's that's just a yeah dunny. that's true that's true now you're approachable right exactly. changes everything and see the big thing with me too is i've always been approachable right but people don't really realize that because they see me behind the helmet and it's just like you know that's the that's the football player right they see me out there rah rah making plays or whatever right. and they don't nobody really gets to see the personal side of you and that's what's so big about the podcast yes too, is, is bringing yes. that personal side to the forefront well i've always said that about football take the helmets off and see the faces exactly and usually have, it's been just the usually yeah. it's been just the quarterback right yeah, you would exactly. you would you would see that and right. we're as as we were t- this is really just our conversation yeah. we're just continuing <laughs> from from last week it's what john madden did john right. madden took the took the helmet off tight mm-hmm. ends and 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 linemen and all that just for football and and mm-hmm. I think personalize that. Right. Instead, then it is just the the, the numbers out there. Right. But fans always feel like there's this this. I don't I don't think it's a chasm, but there's like oh I don't want to bother him. Right. I think there's a lot of that. I don't want to bother. I don't think they think that you guys are unapproachable. It's oh I don't I don't want to bother him. He must be so busy. He's got to do all this. <laughs> where it's come on, but we right. you you want to know that. 
Yeah, I, after a exactly. game, I watch Travion walk out, and you know he's walking right by fans, not even realizing. Yeah. Some will say hi, but it's like I think there's also that respect mm-hmm. for you guys. Right. I really do. That this this is your time, but I think there's also. But by you breaking that down a little bit, mm-hmm. I think really helps. Yeah. And isn't it funny? It's not on a can I get your autograph because you're a player. Right. It's I saw you speaking in a motivational way. Exactly. And that's really impressive. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, I've been seeing a lot more people approach me now. I guess because I'm on you know, the radio now mm-hmm. and I'm on the podcast. And now they finally view me as more approachable. But right. it's just, you know, I feel like there are a lot of missed opportunities in the past that people could have approached me, but they didn't feel comfortable with it or yeah. they respected my privacy, like you said. But yeah, man, it's really cool because. We have so many cool, you know, the guys on the team. We have some really cool guys on the really team. Really cool. And d- just really cool people. Yeah. Forget the stats and what they've done in football and their athleticism and whatever. They're just really cool people. Some guys you want to hang around and just talk to. And, you know, if anyone's listening to this right now, I would encourage you, if you have an athlete in your class or whatever, to, you know, reach out and talk to them yeah. at least, man. Have a conversation with them. Because I was talking to Jace about this on the podcast yesterday. I had Jace on, and we were talking about basically uh, whenever he was at. I think it was his second semester at Kansas. So whenever he basically, or third semester, whenever he announced that he was going to uh, transfer, he still had to stay there to finish out the semester. Yeah. And so he was rooming with some guys who were non-athletes, and he got to have different conversations with them. And although they asked him about football, it's in a different perspective than a guy in football would talk sure. about it. And so it's he found a lot of appreciation for those conversations. And then me as well, um, my roommate ended up transferring right before the season two years ago. And so I had to room with a random guy. Mm. This guy's a computer science major. Yeah, he's uh, working at like a coffee store, mm-hmm. and it's it's just entirely different conversation that you have with these people, and right. they're really cool people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that our people, our coaches, always encourage us to do—we're not coaches, but our academic advisors—they say find new friends around campus who are not athletes, and you know that's because we get so in our bubble right we want to you know focus you want to be around people with the same common goal but it's good it's really really good to step out and talk to different people it's so you you find i find a lot of enjoyment in it so did jace it's 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 fascinating because i know jimbo has said this about aggies he he, and he uses the word genuine Mm. and i think that applies to the student athletes also so when you have when you have an entire campus of that right your students and the student athletes, because you know there's the student and student athletes. Right. Then I think it is it, it's it's the other way around also, where you may not think I could connect with a, right. a regular student, which I find fascinating that you say you're looking for all these groups mm-hmm. that you wanted to. One, it was a it was a time thing, you know. Right. But you you look for that. You may share that. You may not know, but you may share that with you know regular students as opposed to right. some some on your team, which is really awesome. And I and I think mm-hmm. they do go hand in hand here. On right. this campus. Yeah. The place is special. And I think there's a lot of, and this is what really surprised me. You know, I sometimes you're walking around campus, you obviously get a lot of eyes on you, mm-hmm. a lot of guys looking at you. And you really imagine them looking at you like a student athlete and like, oh, these guys are, you know, entitled and they get everything and right. whatever. They think they're better than everyone. Right. And it was just really kind of enriching for me. Like I said, when I joined those groups, sometimes I didn't even tell the people I played football. Right. And so now I'm just kind of sitting there. And even after they found out, some of them obviously were like, oh, man, you know, how is Kellen Mond in locker room? How is Dalen Mack? Does he really eat seven Whataburgers a day? <laughs> <laughs> They're asking all these questions. Does Otaro Laka put on lotion? And, like, asking all these questions. But, like, but some of them, some of them just look at you as a person. And that was something I didn't re- didn't really expect because some of them just look at you and they talk to you like you're, like you're normal, man. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's really cool because you get treated like a football player so much and you get elevated so much. Right. Being brought down. 
by a person who doesn't really care about football. Right. <laughs> just but they care about you. Exactly. Right, right, right. That's right. the big thing. And yeah. just having those conversations, that was, that was really cool. And that's what I found, and that's what I really enjoy about, about uh, joining organizations in the spring. Yeah. This, this place is something, man. It's special, man. There's a lot of special people here as well. really are. Thank you for this. Thank you so you. much. This is I great. Appreciate you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know whenever you uh, – this is kind of laying the foundation for my day. I know you – it's 11 o'clock now. I know you probably you probably got your little workout in this morning. And yeah. Up around yeah. running. And- Keep saying that. Yes, I – Yeah, sorry I was running late today because my yeah. workout went long. Yeah, I, I yeah. just got up, and my day is just starting. So you have laid the foundation for my day, and I really appreciate Actually, that. Actually, my day is done after this. I'm done. Oh, no. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Do, no, you, this- do you do, like, vocal workouts? I, no. That's my question. No. No, this is my and, and that's you know that's another question. Like, oh, is that your real name? It's like, yeah, I would change it to that. Uh, <laughs> do you change your voice? No, I, I. The reason why I never changed my my name is I don't think I'm smart enough to remember what I changed it to. Right. Plus, I'm freaking proud of the name. Uh, yeah. That's a family thing. And uh-huh. then, um, no, I, like, like I, I, I don't think I would be smart enough to know. Oh, I've got to do this voice now yeah. for this. It's, it's just that. No, I, I haven't. It's just, it's just me. It's just me and my voice. And, well, you know what's that kind of stuff. You know what's crazy though. I think a lot of people you hear those like legendary voices like mm-hmm. on Madden or like on ESPN. These guys that are narrating games. Yeah. And I feel like you meet them in person. It's like. Dang, they actually talk like that. I met you at the coffee shop. Right. This is my first time hearing you talk in person. Oh, gotcha. I've heard you. Oh, I thought it was like, oh, wow, they do great work back there. They can make his voice lower. <laughs> I hear, I, exactly. I hear you on the radio, and I hear you doing, like, the Jimbo Fisher show. Yeah, and, like, yeah. You do the games, and I'm like, this guy has a pretty amazing voice. And I met you at the coffee shop, and you're talking the exact same. I'm like, oh. I appreciate that. That's his actual I voice. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. That you is. talk spoiled. Be able to talk an hour with Jimbo yeah. every week. It's a blast. <laughs> that's just Jimbo. a blast, Justin. Yeah, he's awesome. Now that's, now that's my hour. Right. You've had with coaches, you get how many hours a week? You have to hear that. Sometimes you don't want yeah, to hear you know, that voice. <laughs> you, get a, you get a little bit too much, man. A little bit of too, too many hours. What about a Coach Price coaches show? Wouldn't that be something? Um, <laughs> yo, the crazy thing about that, somebody actually DM'd me the other day and said, you have to get Coach Price on the podcast. This is, this, this, yeah? This, yeah? This is the idea they gave me. They said, you come in with a list of words, all right? Uh-huh. About 20 words. Uh-huh. You read out the words and make him say the first thing that comes to his mind. <laughs> Coach Price, uh, I subscribe already. But you better believe that one's on, that one's permanent. I would yeah, that make awesome. that happen, please. Coach Price is amazing. I don't know. If, I haven't even talked about him either, man. But whenever I transitioned, whenever I first got here, matter of fact, I was playing safety. Obviously, some guys wanted to recruit me for linebacker out of high school because I was mm-hmm. a tall guy. Right. That was like my worst nightmare. I didn't want to move down because I thought it was an insult. I thought it was like, man, if you're saying I can't play safety, yeah, you're saying I have to play linebacker because I can't cover those guys. I'm not fast enough, and so. When I eventually transitioned down to linebacker, that was fun. When I came out down to defensive end, I did not like Coach Price at this point. Gotcha. He yelled so much. And I was like, "This is you don't need to yell that much. And it's like, I, I don't need to be coached by that. I don't need that. And I was like, I don't know if I could be coached by him. And I remember telling somebody when I first got here, if there was one coach I did not want to be with, it would be Coach Price. Mm-hmm. And so I finally got into his room. I transitioned out to defensive end my last year. And, man, I got to see what kind of guy he was on a daily basis. Yeah phenomenal he's he's an amazing guy to be around once again god put you right 
Right. You had your mind made up. I had my mind Time made keep, up. Time, I did he, not want to be with this guy. Guess what, Justin? Guess where you're going? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you're going exactly. to his room, exactly. and you're going to learn. It's, ama- it's amazing, yeah. his plan for us. It is, man. It, it is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but Coach Price, man, he's a phenomenal coach, smart guy. I mean, he. the thing I really appreciated about him is he kept the same energy with everybody on the field. Mm. He's yelling at Miles Garrett the same way he's yelling at, <laughs> you know, Garrett Garrett Miles. Yeah. He's yelling at everybody yep. the exact same, and it's it's that energy and that that want to be great. And then he's just a really funny guy. I mean, he's, he, he says some crazy things. <laughs> Please make that happen. Oh, I, I would. I would Please make that happen. I'm going to hit him up and tell him to come on. That would be, that would be the ultimate <laughs> conversation, man. It wouldn't even be a conversation, right? <laughs> but it would be hilarious. Do you have an edit? Well, you know how to edit, but do you have a you have a bleep? You have a delay? I do. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's that's the problem with with creating too much of a comfortable environment. Uh huh. You'll get some guys that say something uh-huh. that they would not say. Uh huh. <laughs> Coach that's Price. We, yeah. That's what we love about it, though. Exactly. That's what we love about it. Exactly, man. The Justin Dunning podcast. Make sure you you check it out. We might have to have you back just before you get out of here. That would be a lot of fun, man. I I hope so. I hope so. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You you. bet. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.